0: No fans in the front? Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Good afternoon. It's afternoon. Hi, everyone. How are you? I I lost my voice over the week, um, but it just came back literally like yesterday. So thank you, Jesus. Um, my name is Ashley Phillips. For those who don't know, um, I have the privilege of sharing the message today, and I'm really excited. It's uh, been several years since I've preached on a Sunday Sunday. So it's really nice to be back. Um, This is my first time preaching multiple services on a Sunday, and I made it. This is the last one. I did it. Thank you for your prayers, those who were praying for me. Um, I want to start out honoring our pastor and my bro, Pastor Alvin. Let's give it up for our awesome lead pastor. Thank you for uh, asking me to preach. Um, I also want to honor my parents in their absence. They're out of town today, but our founding pastors, Pastor Alvin and Cece, let's give it up for them. Um, last but not least, I want to honor my awesome husband, Kenny. He was at the last service, so he's not here, but I think he's awesome. Let's give it up for him, too. He's great. Um, My dad last week showed a family photo, so I'm going to like kind of copy him and put up a picture so I can show off my really cute kids. Oh, look at him. That's Wyatt. He's two and a half going on 30. Um, Rooney, she's almost four months. Um, They're the best. I absolutely adore my family, and I'm so thankful for them. Um, Before I jump into the message, let's pray. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone that's here. Um, I just pray that you would soften our hearts, Lord, so that we can be good ground for your word, Lord. Just speak through me and let lives be changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, Um, I am really excited about this theme of family for the month of July. Um, I've always been a family gal. Ever since I was a little kid, I had a really deep, deep appreciation for my family. My immediate family and my extended family alike were always people that I genuinely (laughs) enjoyed being around. I know that's not the case for everybody, but I loved being with my family. Like I was super close with my cousins. I'm super close with my brother. We always had a lot of fun growing up. Um, And I would always give credit to the person that I am because of my family. I think I had a lot of confidence and security in my identity um, because of the relationships that I had with my family members, specifically the men in my life. I believe that, especially for young ladies, when you have a solid relationship with with your father or your brothers or just really any male figure in your life, it really, really does a lot for you. Um, And and family just really plays a huge role in all of our lives, whether we like to admit it or not. Um, It can make a positive impact like it did in my life, Um, but unfortunately, it can make a really negative impact in our Lives, um, as many of us know. I think most people, if if not, if not, some people, if not most, don't share the same story that I have of of a happy home with you know two parents that that love each other and are happily married and serve the Lord and a sibling that you know I get along with and have a lot in common with. I know that that's not the case for many, many people. Um, but the good news is that regardless of if you had a happy experience, or not, you get to choose the legacy that you wanna create and leave behind when you're gone. That is actually something you get to choose regardless of if you had a healthy family or if you had a lot of dysfunction in your family. Because of Jesus Christ, we get to end generational curses and we get to release generational blessings amen so that is the hope that we all have in jesus regardless of what our family dynamic was growing up or even what it currently is you still get to choose to leave a legacy um we have a heavenly father who's perfect and i mean perfect he lacks nothing he makes no mistakes He knows all things, and he's always, always, always good. And whether we've had a great family experience or a negative family experience, all of us need to know this perfect heavenly father for ourselves. We all need a personal relationship with God through his son Jesus because, believe it or not, we are all called to family. I want everyone to repeat that. Say, we are all called to family awesome okay so the title of my message is married with children married with children okay i want to share some lessons that i've learned as i transitioned from uh, just being a daughter and a sister to being a wife and a mom Um, i've come to see that there is a direct parallel between the cycle in our natural family and the cycle in a spiritual family we come into this world as babies, right, only able to receive fully depend dependable or dependent on somebody else to take care of us. When I was a kid, everything was provided for me. I was taken care of by my parents. They're the ones that had made all the sacrifices, um, and they did it without condition. Um, but now that I'm older and I have children of my own, I now get to be on the giving end of that unconditional, sacrificial, love, heavy on the sacrificial. Um, I have a three-month-old, so right now I'm sacrificing a lot of sleep. I like my sleep. I am at eight hours a night. I don't get up to go to the bathroom. That was never me. I would just be out, and then I don't wake up to my alarm goes off. Now that I have kids, that's just not the case anymore. I had to sacrifice sleep, but I'm thankful for that sacrifice. Um, In the same way, when we come into relationship with God, we're babies, and we just have so much to receive, so much to learn from him uh, and, and from the people that are in our lives that are discipling us. But as we mature, God desires us to then be the ones that are pouring out, that are, that are being mentors, that are discipling. That's actually the cycle that he wants us all to be in. He doesn't want us to stay babies. He wants us to then step in to the role of a parent, okay? Um, and then when we have intimacy Our own intimacy with God, from that comes an overflow. And from that overflow, we're able to see multiplication in the kingdom. There's a command in Genesis 1 that says, be fruitful and multiply. I believe this pertains to both the natural and the spirit. Um, Everything God created, even down to plants, and animals. He created to be fruitful and to multiply. He wants there to be a continuance when it comes to his creation. Everything that he created, he wants there to be a continuance. Um, so that's an Old Testament command that God gave for man to, to fill the earth and subdue it. And in the New Testament, we see kind of a similar command that Jesus gives his disciples. He says, go out And make disciples of all nations, a.k.a. raise up some spiritual kids. I want you guys to multiply. I want my church to multiply. Um, Because God is a God of generations, right? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. We need to always be raising up the next generation naturally and spiritually. And in order for this growth to happen, we need to be healthy as a family, Because healthy things grow, right? So what's the key to a healthy, successful family? There's many things, but I'm going to focus on two today. And those things are priority and humility. So priority and humility. Um, As I cover these principles, I want to say that I am aware that there's many in here that aren't yet married with children. Um, Maybe some of you may never be. Some of you, that's by choice. Some of you, you're still desiring and waiting on a spouse and a family. Raise your hand, don't be ashamed. Raise your hand if you're still waiting. Hey, scan the room, you might find a match. You might find a match. Don't be ashamed, raise that hand. Oh, hey. Hey now. Um, But you know what, if you're not married yet, like <laughs> I, I do like to set people up um, it says in in first Corinthians, Paul is telling them if you're if you 're not married, like good for you because you actually are just more available to dive into the things of God, so that's a good thing if you're single, use your singleness to to serve the Lord, um, but guess what those of us who do have children you're also called to be the bride of Christ. And you're also called to have spiritual children. Um, sometimes we can just focus on what we don't have, right? Or, or we're just so fixed on where we're currently at. Like for those of us who want an earthly marriage um, and family, that's a good thing. But don't forget that you're the bride of Christ. You're married to Christ. And you actually are supposed to have spiritual children. And for those of us who are married and have kids, we can't get so busy with that, that we have neglected that we're also the bride of Christ. And we also are supposed to bear spiritual children, right? Okay. So there's multiple scriptures in the Bible. I'm not going to go through them, but there's many places in God's word that the church is referred to as a bride. And when God's people had idols, or when they turned from him, he referred to it as adultery. He called them adulterers. So marriage is a really big deal to God, and our love and our devotion and faithfulness to Him has to be so great that our love towards everything else has to really kind of look like hatred in comparison. And for some of you, you might be in this room, you've actually had to experience that. You've had to Give up your natural family because you made a choice to follow Jesus. Uh, There's a scripture in Luke 14 that. Um, when I first read it, I'm sure like many of you, I was like really confused because it's, Jesus is saying, unless you hate your, your father and your mother and your brother and your sister, and even your own life, you cannot be my disciple. So when you first read that, it's like, huh? I thought God is all about love. He's not saying he wants you to actually hate your family, but he's saying, don't let loyalty to family, Trump loyalty to me. If it means you have to give up everything to follow Jesus, he's saying, do it and it's going to be worth it. And he promises that there's going to be a reward for some of our brothers and sisters. You may not know, but some of them have been cut off from their families because they said yes to Jesus. That's not a light matter. That's a major sacrifice. And there might be some of you who are kind of on the fence. Like I I kind of want to serve Jesus, but I'm worried about what might happen. I'm worried about what it might cost me. Think about this scripture. Do not let anything stop you from serving Jesus. Let your loyalty to God trump everything else. And know that there's going to be a reward for it. Amen? Um, Including eternal life, which there's no greater reward than that. So if you are a Christian, if you've made that decision, remember that you are married to Christ. And he expects you to be a faithful spouse. Remember, earthly marriage and family reflects a spiritual marriage and family. So no one is off the hook when it comes to family. We're all called to it. We are all called to be married with children. So the points that I'm going to cover really do apply to everybody in this room. Um, And these principles, what's awesome about it is it's going to help you build a strong earthly marriage Um, It'll help you be a good parent in the natural. And it also will help you achieve greater intimacy with God, which then allows you to have a greater capacity to make disciples. And we're all called to do that. Whether you're married in the natural or not, we're all called to make disciples. Um, So priority and humility, these two things really go hand in hand. Um, Let's look at priority. First things first, because order... Matters first things first because order matters that is the essence of priority It's not necessarily measured by a number um, Or even a dollar amount and I'll give you an example Uh, most of us spend 40 hours a week give or take on our job Um, And most of us don't spend that much time with our families, right? Like we're at we're at work more than we're with our kids sometimes, but that doesn't mean you can't prioritize your family to your job. Does that make sense? Um, another example is the tithe. Marion was just talking about the tithe. It's only 10%. He, he trusts you with the other 90, but he says, Give me back the 10. But priority is about order, order of precedence. It's just 10%, but he's asking for the first 10%, off the top. He's saying, give this to me first before you do anything else because that's showing where your loyalty is and that's showing that you trust God to take care of your bills and all the other things you got to take care of. You're saying, you know what, I'm going to give this to God first. And that sometimes can trip us up. We don't necessarily have a problem with the 10%, but the order is really where the priority is. Um, Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, 31 through 33 where our what's first in our hearts is going to affect everything else Um, it says therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat what shall we drink what shall we wear for after all these things the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all of these things but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you Notice he didn't say, seek only the kingdom of God. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. So again, our God is very practical. He knows that you've got a family. He knows that you've got to work. He knows that you've got to pay bills. But he's saying, check in with me first. Because guess what? The promise in that is that you don't worry. If you're a worrier, if you're anxious, and you're just so uptight about everything, and you're losing sleep at night, it might be an indicator that you need to seek God first. You're, there's something out of order and I love it because God's promises are, they're not to condemn us but it's to give us a way out he's giving us hope he's saying you don't need to worry about these things I've got all this just come to me first check in with me first seek my kingdom first and all these things will be added um, a lot of things are going to compete for your attention money relationships work what's going on in the news, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, but if you notice that you start losing your peace, if all the stuff that's going in your, on in your life is, is costing you your peace of mind, then that means you need to put your focus back on him. It just means your focus is off. That's all it means. And let's look at our scripture that, that talks about this, Isaiah 26 and 3. It says, but you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So again, you can give attention to other things, but you've got to get, get back on track and put your focus back on him because there's your peace. That's where your peace lies when you keep your mind fixed on him. So for those of us in here who maybe aren't married with children yet, this is the key to your life. This is the key to life. Let God be your top priority and everything else in your life will be blessed. For those of us who are married with children, this also is the key to life. Let God be your top priority, and then your marriage will be blessed, and your children will be blessed, and you're going to have peace of mind. You're going to have peace, and you're going to have wisdom. Um, when people ask me, uh, what advice do you have for people? For for me, I'm you know, about to get married. What do you wish somebody had told you before you got married? Um, and even in parenting, I, I always say pray pray first and pray about everything. And I mean everything. I can't tell you guys the amount of times I've been maybe frustrated at my spouse or something's not going the way I want it to go or even maybe the way I know it should go. And before I just step in there and try to have the conversation or confront him, Whenever I pray first, every single time God first fixes my heart and it helps me adjust my attitude. And then He gives me a game plan. And sometimes, y'all, that game plan is to keep my mouth shut. But guess what? God still does the work. I've been amazed at the things I've seen happen in my marriage because I prayed, because I let the Lord convict, because I let the Lord give instruction. Because, I mean, they're going to accept it better from him than you anyway, ladies. Just a little free tip. Just pray. Let God handle it. Because you can just start stressing yourself out, wearing yourself out, and becoming a nag. Becoming a nag. Some of us are nags, and you need to stop. Trust God. Pray. Go to God. Complain to God about it. Really. I promise you. If you do that and you say, Lord, can you fix this? Like, can you just please speak to him about this and keep your mouth shut? Just watch what happens. You will be amazed. So I'm going to save you guys some frustration and learn to prioritize. Go to God first. Go to him and let him handle some of these things for you. And if there is something that he wants you to do or say, to your spouse, he'll tell you. And you're gonna do it with the right attitude. You're gonna do it with the right heart, and it's gonna be so much more effective than if you just try to run and do it without checking in with him first. I guarantee it. Um, okay, so when it comes to ministry, don't let the act of ministry, which we know is a great thing, God wants us all to be ministers of the gospel, but don't let the act of ministry be what you focus on more than God. You cannot neglect to cultivate your relationship with him first because that's the only way you can really do ministry successfully. If not, you'll burn out. You're you're not going to see the effects that you want to see if you're letting the ministry take over your focus and you're not putting God first. Um, But we have to remember, um, who wants the whole world to be saved more than God? Who wants it more than God? I know sometimes I almost think that I do, but I have to remember... It's him. He wants the world to be reconciled to him. He loves people so much better than I can. He loves everybody so much. Um, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a pastor, and she said that the Lord convicted her because one of her sons had become an idol. And she, w- she didn't realize it, but the Lord spoke to her, and he, he told her, um, you know, you're, you're trying to get your son saved, and you're trying to save him for his sake. And she was like, well, yes, God, of course. I want him to be saved. He said, do it for mine. Go after your son and, and, and pray for him and, and try to disciple him for my sake. Because nobody loves people more than God. Nobody wants people to be reconciled back to him more than our heavenly father. If we're doing it for our sake or if we're doing it for somebody else's sake, we can really get off track. Remember, it is for God's sake. When it comes to family, the goal is His glory. The goal is His glory. It's not your happiness that's the goal. It's not your comfort or even your well-being. That's not the goal. Those are benefits of family. That's a byproduct of family, but the goal is His glory. And we can't let the benefits become the focus. Don't let the benefits be what you're chasing after. Let it be His glory. Um, I'll give you an analogy, because focus really matters. If, if there's a, a straight line down this, this hallway or aisle and I'm on a bike, if I'm looking down, like trying not to get off the line, I'm going to get really wobbly. And I've actually done this before, so I know it's true. I'm like, oh, oh I just don't, don't want to get off, and, and you're just your eyes down. You're looking down at the next thing and the next step and the next step. If I just look straight, I'm actually going to ride that bike a lot straighter and a lot smoother. Because if God is your main focus, he's going to help you figure out all the details along the way. We can't chase the details. We have to chase after him. We have to chase after his heart. We have to say, Lord, what do you want? What's your desire? Because, I mean, when we do that, like I said, it's just way more effective. We have to put our focus back on God. And when it comes to priority, he's going to tell you what needs your attention and when. Um, for those who maybe are trying to juggle, like, how do I prioritize my marriage, um, but I have young kids and, and they're demanding so much of my time. It really depends on the season of life. But if you're checking in with God, he's going to say, you know what? That can wait. Go handle this. This needs your attention right now. And that's, that's what it looks like to be in relationship with God. He's going to give you guidance and it, it, you can't be so rigid about it and think, oh, this is how it has to be, and I have to do this, and I have to spend this much time here. You, you want to be a little flexible because God might say, actually, you may not see it, but this needs your attention. Put your attention over here right now. That might happen. So it's important to note that in order for us to continue to make the choice, because it is a choice, to prioritize God and his kingdom and his righteousness, it's going to take something called humility, which is our second point. Okay, my definition for humility, decrease of self so God can increase. Simply put, humility is decrease of self so God can increase. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 2, and then we're going to go down to verse 20. It says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Okay, so let's talk about submission. What does it mean to submit? Simply put, to submit means to yield or to give way. If you're driving and there's a yield sign, a lot of times you can just keep going, but you have to yield and check and see what's going on first before you make your move, because if not, you could crash right into a car. So submission means yielding and giving way, and this is something we have to first and foremost do with God, but it's also something he calls us to do to one another. And what that looks like is is being cooperative, being agreeable, being pliable, You have to be flexible. Some of us just don't want to bend. It's got to be our way, and we got to go at it full speed, and we can't, you know, get out of the way. That can't be our mindset. When we're in family, we have to be willing to yield and to give way to one another. Another way you can submit, especially in marriage, um, I think of it as like if you're submitting a paper, you're turning it in, you're proposing something, and checking in with what this other person thinks before running off with it. Okay? Um, Another important point, submission is not weakness. When you're submitting, this is not a weak, helpless position. And some of us have gotten the wrong mindset of what it means to submit. It's not being controlled. It's not being forced. It's choosing to bring yourself up under someone and take a lower position. And that takes a lot of strength. There's a movie called Dead Man Walking with Susan Sarandon, and she plays this nun who's really, it's a great movie. She's ministering to this guy who's on death row, and it's played by Sean Penn. And so when she first starts meeting with him, he's, like, really hard and callous, and he's mocking her, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're a nun. You know, you believe in all that turn-the-other-cheek stuff. You know, that, that's weak. That's, that's kind of pathetic to me. And she said, you know, it takes a lot of strength to turn the other cheek. And I was like, wow, that is very true. It takes a lot of strength to turn the other cheek. It takes a lot of strength to bite your tongue. It takes a lot of strength to swallow your pride and to swallow that lump in your throat and be like, okay, it doesn't have to be my way. That takes strength. You're not weak when you take the position of, 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 of someone that's submitting, of a servant. Because guess what? Jesus did it. He's our example. And who's stronger than him? nobody. He's the greatest. So let's look at Jesus as our example because he was perfectly one with the Father and chose to step down from his position in heaven to serve us. He chose to give himself on a cross. It wasn't forced on him. He made the choice to step down. So if he did that, how much more, y'all, should we be willing to humble ourselves, and to submit. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 8. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Aren't y'all thankful for Jesus that he was willing to humble himself and submit if we just did this scripture alone, we would just all have the best relationships on the planet, right? So humility means the most when you're denying yourself for the sake of someone else. When you're denying yourself for the sake of God's glory, that's when humility really counts. It's not just about denying yourself just so you can say you denied yourself, because not, it's not about your glory, but it's about God's glory, and it's about somebody else being blessed, and it's about pursuing peace, right? Right? Humility is saying it's not about me, it's about God. And God's word tells me to esteem others higher than myself. God's word also tells me that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So I like to say humility is needed for the proud and the boastful who think they've got it all and they don't need anybody. But guess what? Humility is also for those who are super insecure. Super insecure. Like I can't do anything because the focus is ultimately you. If you decrease and God increases, you could stand up and preach to a whole room full of people, even if you're shy. So humility is needed for everybody. Wherever you fall on the spectrum, if you're super proud or if you're super insecure, take the focus off of yourself and put it back on God. Okay? So if humility is becoming less so that God can become more, a direct result of that is us loving people better. The more we humble ourselves, the better we can love our spouse, the better we're going to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, and so on and so forth. Okay, I'm going to show you guys an illustration that me and my husband learned when we were going through premarital counseling before we got married. And it's a really great illustration that I think of often. It comes back to me, and I hope it does the same thing for you guys. Um, I'm going to slide out of the way so you guys can I'll see really good, or maybe I'll back up. Okay, this is my drawing. I know, I'm a really good artist. So pretend this is a pipe. We'll just say this is a pipe. And there's a pinch in the pipe. And this represents some tension going on in a relationship. Okay, so let's say we're one side of the pipe, and the other party is the other side of the pipe. This is what is so easy to do. No one has to teach you to do it. It's just in our sin nature. We know how to... Place blame, right? We know how to see what the other person's doing wrong. That's really easy to do. So I'm saying, like, hey, like, you're doing this and you're not doing that and that's wrong and I'm annoyed and blah, blah, blah. You need to just X, Y, Z. And the other person's doing the same thing. You know what? You need to, you know, shut up and, you know, you talk too much and this and that and you're disrespecting me and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes we even throw in scripture because God's word says this, 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 that. You need to listen, you need to obey. And meanwhile, no, we're not getting anywhere. There's still blockage. Okay, if you, just one person, whoever it is, if you decide, you know what, I'm gonna humble myself, I'm gonna yield, I'm gonna just back up. Go to the next slide. If one person straightens up, automatically there's an increase in the flow. Automatically, this other person hasn't budged. They haven't done anything. They have not changed. They're still doing whatever they're doing. But if just one person says, I'm going to humble myself. Let me pray. Let me, let me get my attitude right. Let me see if God wants me to say anything at all. And if he does, let me say whatever he tells me to say and nothing more, nothing less. Then you're automatically gonna have a better flow and obviously if you're praying really hard and you're interceding God's gonna guess what convict that other person and they're gonna get in line they're gonna submit they're gonna apologize they're gonna forgive whatever needs to happen and now we really have a flow but you know what a lot of the time we live on slide two one or two and you know what that's hard it is hard to just be like okay let me just back up let me pray Because, like I said, it's natural. Like, we know how to argue. We know how to tell the other person what they're doing. It's not easy to look at yourself. But I promise you, there's always an opportunity to look at yourself and let God sanctify you. So just choose to do that and watch what happens. Don't even worry about the other person. They can stay right in that same position. Guess what? There's going to be an increase. You cannot do anything but help the situation when you choose to submit And humble yourself. This is the key to healing relationships. If anyone in here has a wounded relationship that needs healing, I urge you, humble yourself. Yes, it'll be nice if the other person humbles themselves, but even if they don't, you get to bring healing to the situation if you choose to humble yourself and to pray and to say, God, what is it that I need to do? I've seen miracles, literally miracles happen when I've just stopped thinking about the other person and asked God, Lord, what do you want me to do? Let that be something you get used to asking yourself the next time you're in a fight or in a disagreement. Say, God, what do I need to do? And he'll show you. Because it's not always like you have to do nothing. Because he might tell you to say something, but when you pray first about it, He's going to make sure you're going to make sure your heart is right. You're going to make sure you're doing it in the right attitude. And you're going to say what he tells you to say. Because that's just going to be more effective. It's a more effective way um another testimony from my friend the pastor who I told you about earlier with her son um she she's been married for like 13 years and she is t- she told me that like the last two years of her marriage I mean it, it's just been amazing she is like I'm in awe I didn't even think this was like I, she said, I didn't even pray about it because I didn't even think it was possible she was like I literally didn't think it was possible for me to have a happy marriage and she was just like telling me that it didn't even come from us working on our marriage, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's important to work on your marriage and be intentional. But she said, honestly, it came from just surrendering to God more. She said, I just started surrendering to, to God more. And her husband started doing the same thing, and now they're experiencing, like, just ultimate bliss. Because that's all they did. They just started surrendering to God more. They didn't even, like, try to work out things or, you know, they, they just said, we're going to surrender. Um, the the more you surrender, the more fruitful your life, the better your life will be. Um, another thing she said the Lord convicted her of was being entitled. He said instead of being entitled, because it's one thing to have a desire, it's another thing to be entitled. And he said instead of being entitled, see everything as a gift. She said, see everything that your husband does as a gift, instead of it being a well, he better. See it as a gift. Just change your perspective and be like, "Oh wow, I, I'm so thankful." I mean, it, it, you might have to find the littlest thing. I heard someone say, uh, "You know, their husband was out doing some bad stuff, and the Lord started dealing with her." Again, he was he was outside of the will of God, but she started praying and she started just saying things like, "Honey, thank you for coming home." <laughs> I'm thank you for coming home, y'all. God started radically changing this marriage. And some of us are like, "Are you you better come home. What do you mean? Thank you for coming home. (laughs) But like, just try it out. Like, let me just see everything as a gift instead of being so entitled. To Even if it's something that you know God wants for you, see it as a gift. Humble yourself. See it as a gift. Um, And then one other thing she said that God told her, start loving your husband like he's me. And she was like, But God, like, he's not. (laughs) He's not even close. And she said, I would have had an easier time if he had said, love God like you're me. I mean, love your husband like you're me. But he said, you know, love your spouse like like he's Jesus. Like, treat him like he's Jesus. And she was just like, what? And the Lord reminded her, "You're like, how are you going to be my bride? And you can't even be a good bride to your spouse that you do see. And it reminded me of that scripture in 1 John 4 where it's like, how can you say you love God who you can't see, but you don't love your brother or your sister who you can't see, who's literally sitting right next to you? And sometimes we can slip into this mindset of, like, I'm so spiritual. I love God. I'm, so, I'm such a great Christian. And we are not even treating our spouse well because it's supposed to be without condition. A lot of us don't realize how, much, how conditional our love is. Like, ooh, he made me mad. I'm going to give him the cold shoulder. I'm not making him dinner. (laughs) That's conditional love, y'all. Like, even if he is horrible, let me still do my part. It's that pipe illustration. I'm telling you, it is not easy to do. I'm not going to lie up here and say that. It's easy. It is not easy to humble yourself and just continue to do what you know God told you to do. But if you do it, I promise you will make room for the Holy Spirit to come in and do miracles miracles in your relationships miracles in your ministry miracles in your in your kids in your family you will see miracles if you choose to get in line stop worrying so much about what they're not doing or what they are doing and just say okay God what do you want me to do what can I do that's going to be our new favorite prayer Lord what do I need to do Um, when it comes to humility in parenting Um, I know a lot of y'all are thinking like, well, I'm not supposed to submit to my kids. Um, A way that you can humble yourself when it comes to parenting is just don't be quick to just think you know best and to just make a move. Even though you're the parent, I think when you humble yourself and say, God, how should I approach this situation with my child? Because God created them. Like, he has all the answers. He is the cheat sheet, right? Right. Like, we try to figure out so much stuff and and just do it on our own. And even sometimes when we're dealing with one person compared to another person, we can sometimes think it's like a one-size-fits-all thing. Like, yep, this is how I'm going to handle this. And, you know, what, that works, so I'm just going to go ahead and keep doing it. But we have to humble ourselves and say, God, I need you to help me parent. I need you to help me disciple people. These are your people. These are your children, God. We can't take ownership. We have to continue to humble ourselves and submit to God first before we run off with it. Like right now, I'm potty training my toddler, and I'm so quick to just Google, like, what should I do? Google, tell me how to raise my kids and I'm like, why don't I pray about this? Like, it seems silly, but I'm literally praying and asking God for wisdom about how to potty train my toddler because he's an individual. Maybe what worked for this person is not going to work for this person. And, and, and you know what? It's cool because God is practical, and he cares about all these little details, even potty training. Like, he's got the solution for potty training. Praise God. That's a word for somebody in here. Um, let's look at James 1 and 5. James 1 and 5, one of my favorite scriptures. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. <laughs> I love that. Like, why don't you try? Maybe you should try asking God. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Ask God who gives generously. He's not stingy with wisdom. He gives it generously. Wow. Like, we have cracked the code here. If, who, raise your hand if you need wisdom about anything who has a decision to make who is trying to figure something out like y'all this is good news like he gives wisdom generously without finding fault he's not gonna like tell you hey you you're the worst (laughs) because you're kind of admitting like god I don't know anything I need wisdom so he's not even finding fault he's gonna give it to you and he's gonna give it to you generously um a last little metaphor before we close uh There's this illustration of like these two guys that are trying to chop down trees, right? And they both have the same weapon. They're using an ax. And one is just like hacking, hacking. He's just going nonstop, 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 nonstop. And he's just not really getting anywhere. This person over here, in like half the time, in half of the wax, his tree comes down. And he asked him like, how did you do that? We both have the same ax. This guy over here said, After every few hits, I would stop and sharpen my axe. Sharpen my axe, and then I would go back at it again. Prayer is how we sharpen our axe. You know the saying, work smarter, not harder? Some of us are just going at it. We're going at it in our marriage. We're trying to fix our spouse. We're going at it with our kids. We're trying to fix our kids. We're going at it in ministry. We're like, oh, and we're just getting worn out. We're not getting anywhere, and we're getting discouraged. Pray. Y'all, pray and ask him for wisdom. That has become my favorite prayer, literally. Like, Lord, will you please give me wisdom? Give me wisdom about this. Give me wisdom about that. He cares about all of it. It's not just the super spiritual things that he's ready to give you wisdom about. I told you, he's giving me wisdom about potty training. He cares about all of that. So I want you guys to just feel free. Like, free yourselves from the stress and, and the, the wearing out that can come from family, because it can wear you out. But you got to give it over to the Lord. That's how you sharpen your axe. You have to stop and pray. Stop and ask for wisdom. Pray in tongues. Alvin talked about that not long ago, about just the gift of praying in the Spirit. Be, beyond your own understanding, there's so much we don't know, believe it or not. There is a lot we don't know, but God knows all of it. He has the answer to everything, everything. So like, why are we not spending all of our time with him? Like, come on, let's pray. Let's ask him for wisdom. So in conclusion, trust God with your marriage, trust God with your kids, and trust God with your ministry. If you make God his ways and his will your top priority and you're willing to humble yourself, before him and before others again and again and again, you will have a fruitful and rewarding life. I guarantee it. I promise you, if you are willing to submit yourself to God and you make him first, you will have a very rewarding and fruitful life. You will experience health in your family. And most importantly, most importantly, God gets the glory. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of family. Thank you that you've called us all to family. I thank you for the encouragement that comes from maybe someone who's thinking family's not in the cards for them. Remind them that they're married to you and that you've called them to parenthood. It may look different than what they see around them, but you've actually called all of us to family lord i pray for us to prioritize show us lord how to make you our top priority show us practically what that looks like give us wisdom in that and lord help us to always walk in humility help us to be willing to yield to give way so that you can do the supernatural so that you can do the part that we're not capable of doing Lord, I pray that you would heal every single family that's represented in this place. Heal every marriage. Heal every relationship between father and son or mother and daughter. Heal every relationship between brother and sister. Whatever relationships in here that are broken, Lord, bring healing. And Lord, help us to participate in that healing by humbling ourselves, by apologizing, by forgiving, by sowing words of, of encouragement. Lord, I just thank you for your sacrifice. Jesus, you are the ultimate example. We thank you that you humbled yourself first so that we can then follow after you and experience life and life more abundantly. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. He's awesome. He is so good. Let's all stand. Because now this is the most important part of the service where we get to extend the invitation of a lifetime, the opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and acknowledging, accept him as Savior and Lord. This is only something you can do for yourself. This is an individual, personal decision that all of us have to make, regardless of our upbringing, regardless of our culture, regardless of anything. This is something that's available to everyone. Everybody, Jesus is for everybody. He is for everybody. So I just want you to close your eyes. And we're all going to say this prayer together so that there's support and encouragement in the room and nobody feels isolated. Because we're a family. We're a family. We're a church family. So let's just say this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I repent of trying to live my life without you. I repent of my sins. I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, died on a cross for me and rose again on the third day. I accept that sacrifice and place my faith in Jesus today. I choose Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can live under your influence and your power to fulfill your purpose for my life. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen awesome if you said that prayer for the first time congratulations congratulations all of heaven rejoices over one soul if there was just one heaven is rejoicing right now so i just want to congratulate you we have some instructions for you um, because you need support we need support in this walk Um, so you can just take out your phone and text belong to 77411 if you made the decision to follow Jesus today Uh, we also have our prayer team they can go ahead and get in position if you want prayer if you want somebody to to kind of walk you through this thing answer any questions you might have or if you just need prayer about something else in your life if you need healing if you need wisdom whatever we're here to support you let's give it up for our prayer team I'm so thankful for them They are here to pray for you. They're here to serve you. So please, if you need prayer about anything, don't hesitate to come down. Um, We have Next Steps 3 right after service up on the third level for those who are interested in learning more about becoming a member here at Nashville Life and you want to be a part of our family. Next Steps is happening. And then lastly, if you want to give an offering, you can do that on your way out. You can go uh, go through either one of these doors and someone from the finance team will be there to serve you. All right, let's pray. God, thank you again for this opportunity to be here today. Um, I just pray your blessing over every single person that's here. I pray uh, protection over all of us. Keep us safe and bring us back next week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, all have a wonderful week. God bless you guys. We love you.